local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Welcome to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. A big Monday morning. A lot to talk about this morning, and uh, we'll have our weekly coach on, our daily coach, I should say, and uh, Coach Ryan Antoine at the uh, bottom of the hour. In the meantime, uh, I guess everybody uh, uh, that's a football fan was watching their share of games this weekend, of course, in our area, watching the Saints uh, over in Houston. In a, uh, I don't know, a, a performance at uh, pretty much an exhibition game. Yeah, and it is what it is. Um, yeah, you can't get too excited, win, lose, or draw. You look at individual efforts, and for the Saints, uh, Andy Dalton did about as much as you could ask. Yeah, you're right about that. Five for five, I think, and also throwing uh, for uh, a touchdown pass, 51 yards, uh, had a quarterback rating of 148.8, so uh, uh, enough to be said. Andy, uh, a good going to be a good backup. Hopefully, he won't see the field too much other than maybe mop-up uh, action, whether it be a uh, blowout or getting blown out. But uh, observations, uh, boy, Ian Book, uh, boy, he's, he's still got a long way oh, to go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean. Two uh, turnovers? Three. He fumbled three. the fumble. Three, yeah. the uh, Two fumbles, interception. No, one fumble, one interception. Someone, Washington fumbled the ball earlier. The Saints had three turnovers. Of course, they did intercept uh, the opposing quarterbacks three times. Hanson included. Uh, he had a big first series. Yeah, uh, another reason why they brought him back, I thought. Uh, he, he played a, a fine game, too. Uh, in that regard, the uh, first play of the game tackles the ball carry yeah. for a loss of a yard or two and then picks off a pass and runs about 40 yards with it. But, uh, uh, you know, he, you know what else was really <laughs> pleasing to see was Lutz in kicking, you know, for the Saints and uh, kicked a couple field goals, an extra point. Uh, uh, you know, the Saints had their kicking woes last year. Also their quarterback woes, too, and they played four of them during the game. Of course, uh, T- Tyson Hill now is looks like he's been relegated uh, to tight end. And uh, there were 18 Saints that didn't play in that game. Uh, just some name, quick names. Uh, Kamara, of course, Ingram, Lattimore, Davenport, Thomas, uh, Davis, uh, Winston, Jordan, Hill, uh, Matthew, Landry. I mean, we could go on. So, uh, in the meantime, uh, 18 Saints missing. Uh, they To me, like I said, uh, it's just an exhibition game. They want to find out with the younger kids who can make plays, how they're going to uh, perform. And uh, still, uh, you know, the Saints, they talk about the Saints, the depth the Saints had. And, uh, you know, when you're pay, playing second and third teamers, uh, um, they, they've still got a ways to go, in my opinion. So uh, um, I'm trying to think, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to remember if uh, Peyton, the first-round pick from last year, played in the game. I, I can't recall. Uh, if he played in the game or not. But Book was book threw the ball. I mean, it seemed like he was overthrowing everybody, but he was 15 out of 22, a lot of dump offs, 121 yards. Uh, had a quarterback rating of uh, 62.9, uh, one interception, uh, another one off a of receiver's hands for incomplete, and uh, still looked like a deer in the headlights to me, uh, uh, Jeff, uh, in that particular game. He played – I can't recall. Pretty much the rest of the game. Yeah, I don't recall them bringing in Costello at all No, uh, in that regard. So, uh, you're right. And uh, Houston made some plays at the end. I think the Saints were a one-point pick uh, in the game. Uh, but a game that uh, just trying to see what the players can do uh, in observations. I know Traquan Smith dropped a touchdown pass. So, uh, in the first half when the Saints were driving, they ended up kicking a field goal and. uh I didn't think the defender knocked the ball away. I think Smith just didn't handle the ball well. In the meantime, uh, elsewhere, um, uh, uh, Penning looked uh, okay. He got beat on one play and forced uh, the, he got beat inside and uh, because of his push inside. And I'm trying to think, was he – I know he was flagged for one penalty. Was he flagged? I don't remember. I would be lying if I uh, could tell you. Okay. Well, I know he got penalized for one flag, and that uh, that came on the sack too, I believe. And uh, as he was pushing his man inside, I think they called him for holding. Uh, but in the meantime, um, the Saints. Um, uh, I know last week uh, in the New Orleans paper they had about Ruiz being uh, handled by Jabari. Uh, hopefully that uh, he could learn some things and play better in a in his third year for the Saints. So uh, time will tell. Of course, the Saints uh, 
head to Green Bay Friday Correct. night. Friday night. Uh, yeah, and I think they scrimmage, I think, Green Bay today. Uh, I, I, this early in the week, would uh, you they, think? They were, they were supposed to play Green Bay, and I, I kind of remarked about that. How can you play somebody a game a, a day or two or three after uh, exhibition? I don't know. but I it, might, it seems to me if they were to do that, they'd do it Thursday. Yeah, it might, I might stand, be, stand corrected on that, but uh, I knew it was kind of quick. And then even Thursday, you know, Anyway, uh, but they've got to ship up there to Green Bay, so uh, I'm sure the weather's got to be a little cooler. Oh, I can't imagine it not being. <laughs> yeah. And you just wonder, too, if it is, um, it's almost like an opportunity to, if, if they're doing it, and I'm not certain that they are, but um, almost like a training camp uh, where everyone's staying at the same place, um, maybe a team-building opportunity, something like that, that they haven't had in staying in Metairie to train uh, the past several years. So maybe it is an opportunity for them to... Uh, yeah, a little cooler weather. Yeah. I can remember the Saints used to train up in La Crosse. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, back in the day. In, uh, in fact, I, I had a cousin living in La Crosse, and she would call in, uh, give uh-huh. me daily reports of things going on in La Crosse. We had a little fun with that. But yeah, I had uh, family uh, in La Crosse. Uh, they came down from Minnesota, but... Good times. Yeah, it's uh, so uh, with the Saints, uh, as like I said, they head to uh, Green Bay this Friday night is uh, the playing game. Uh, let's, I'm just trying to get some updates on that. Uh, they expect the, they ready. They expect scattered thunderstorms with a high of 77 and a low of 63. That's up at Green Bay for the game on the 19th. Uh, kickoff at approximately 7 o'clock uh, in that regard. Just trying to see if I see any betting odds right now. Don't see any as of right now. I'm sure they're out there. Um, and I'm trying to recall, uh, let's see, uh, to pull up some of the scores from uh, this past weekend. Uh, what did the Packers do? The Packers got beat by uh, San Francisco 28-21 uh, in San Francisco. And um, I don't know, uh, let's see, I, I'm sure – yeah, Jordan Love was a, played uh, the most of the game for the Packers. He was 13 out of 24 for 176 yards and a couple scores. Uh, Nate Sudfield, whoever that is, was a quarterback for the 49ers. He was 8 out of 11 for 103 yards and a touchdown. And I'm sure the same particular instance where I'm sure a lot of the starters for both of those teams sat out the game. But the, the only thing that bothered me with the Saints, I, I didn't think they looked crisp at all. You know, you could see it was more of backups playing in the game. Oh, it yeah. wasn't, no doubt. You know, and uh, Houston, uh, believe it or not, uh, I thought the Saints were a one-point pick, but it must have changed during the week. Uh, Houston, at the game time, ended up being a uh, two-point pick. Uh, the Saints started out a one-and-a-half-point pick. That was back in the end of July. And uh, <laughs> over the course of the game, I guess with 18 players being held out for the Saints, uh, it changed uh, – uh, on the 13th, uh, so uh, that's pretty much the day of the game. It became a picket on the 11th, so uh, anyway, the, the uh, Houston team was a two-point pick. Elsewhere, out of New Orleans uh, in regards to uh, the Saints, so uh, I, I noticed where over the weekend uh, they talked about uh, – uh, um, I, I thought Day, Day, it, it's a kid from Nichols on the uh, Saints team, Dejean or Dejean. Uh, Dixon, a former Edna Carr player, played with Nickel State. He he looked great against UL last year, gave UL all kind of fits and problems during the game. Uh, but the Saints got so many. And how many wideouts do you keep? Five, six, possibly seven? I'm not sure. But uh, he's got a lot of work to do. He's a fine player, went to Edna Carr. And uh, I just I was keeping an eye on him during the game. He was one of the Saint receivers that came back to the ball, too, as uh as Book was throwing it, he come back to the ball. He made a couple of nice catches, I think, during the game. And uh, he'll have an opportunity. Uh, we'll see how he does in the next two weeks. That's going to set the precedent. But Undrafted. He's, yeah, he's, you know, so yeah. He's, got, he's got a little work to do. Oh, but. he does. He does. And uh, I'm trying to see player stats uh, during the course of the game. Uh, he caught three balls for 33 yards. He was targeted four times. So, uh He's got an opportunity. Uh, Baker played in the game. Callaway caught a 19-yarder. Washington, three for 18. Uh, Tyquan Smith, one for 15. He was targeted twice. Of course, he dropped that ball in the end zone. I thought he was catchable. Could have met the difference in the game. But like I said, exhibition, nobody's going to remember this game. 
uh, for the next. It might be remembered for about a week. That's yeah, about that, it. yeah, no doubt. No yeah, doubt. so uh, I can recall, you know, we were talking about that uh, last week. The Saints um, uh, went 5-1 and one in their initial season. Everybody was thinking, they got playing the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, and of course, the Saints, I think, went 3-11 and 11 that year, uh, beating the Eagles in their first ever win up in uh, Philadelphia. Uh, or was that New Orleans? Might have been in New Orleans. Flea Roberts had the big game in that game. So, in the meantime, uh, Jeff, uh, pretty much uh, with the Saints, uh, as they travel to Green Bay, I was trying to see if... Uh, and, and, by the way, we certainly welcome others' thoughts on sure. what they witnessed on Saturday. Just got a message. Uh, one of our listeners uh, says... Can you all talk about the match with Stoney and how he got cheated? Oh. Did he get, did the Stone Man get cheated? I wasn't able to attend the uh, Fun Fest I did hear you did win HM Flair. I heard Mm -hmm. he found a. But you know a rematch will be in the, in the works. Yeah, you're pretty much, uh, I can't see uh, Stoney uh, uh, accepting this uh, debacle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we have a caller on the line here, so yeah, maybe they'll refresh our memories. Let's go to the phones and say, hello, you're in the air. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, let me refresh your memory on this right here. So, yeah, um, Night started out real well, real quick. Uh, you know, we had about 700 people uh, come out to the show. Uh, really, thanks to supporting uh, GS, GSW, plus also helping out uh, Niche Baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, real good crowd. Um, Night started off uh, real, real good. Uh, Mustang Mike had his match. He was defending the 225 championship. And. Uh, HML, HM, uh, uh, what is it? Fla- oh, yeah, Flair. That's it. Yeah, that's what <laughs> be. Uh, yeah. He he comes out and uh, basically tells Mustang Mike that he's a paper champion, and uh, he has the real belt, the local legends belt. Um, so he he paraded around about that. Mustang gets jumped uh, from behind. He takes advantage of the opportunity, starts putting the boots to him. Again, you know, he's got his Rolex watch, his lizard uh, skin boots, and he's putting the boots to him. So I slide in, help to save, and then... Uh, how, how, many geckos, how many geckos do you think takes to make those boots? I think he, he did save 15%, though. Okay. Yeah. A little plug for the uh, for the uh, Geico, you know. But, uh, he so he um, he comes out and he's got his uh, parade of uh, Ric Flair gear on and uh, comes out with a wig. I don't know if y'all saw pictures on uh, Facebook or anything. He comes out with a wig and then as he gets in the ring and he does his little um, little speech said something about he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth, or gold spoon, my bad, gold, he's not a silver guy, gold spoon in his mouth, he's got the looks and everything else, so he pulls off the wig and he's got his hair blind, uh, dyed blind, he's got the look, come out, start the match, uh, no... Don't know where Brent's at at the time. He was supposed to be around the ring. Well, you, HM, starts getting, uh, he starts getting, I start getting the best of him, and he decides, this is not for me. I'm out of here. I didn't sign up for this. I don't know what he thought he was going to do if he thought he was at, uh, at a McDonald's playground equipment. I mean, we're in the ring. We, we've been getting after it. And, uh, he quits. He walks out. And then next thing you know, Brent comes out the curtain and pushes him back. So I get get my hands on him again. And then uh, we did have a little interference on the outside where a guy threw me into Brent and knocked Brent into the pole, which was a, a, an honest mistake on my part. That wasn't in the uh, script? I was pushed. What's that? That wasn't in the script? Which script? There ain't no <laughs> script. This ain't no damn play. I think this is just... No, uh, no, he uh, it got knocked from behind and knocked into Brent, and and uh, Brent, I guess he hurt his shoulder or something because when he 
slid in the ring after the ref got bumped in the inside when I gave Hugh the grand slam. Uh, Brent slides in for the uh, for the count of a one, two, three, but he goes one, two and a half. So I don't know if he had to take his shoe off to count the three or his shoulder was hurting, but I guess his shoulder was hurting because he got up, and the next thing you know, I get hit by the brass knuckles from Brent. He he uh, knocks me out, puts you on top of me for the one, two, three. And as he's walking, as they're walking back to the back, Hugh's son hands Brent an envelope and says, <laughs> pay off to Brent. You know? Oh. So, and, and, Brent, and Brent came out to the song, All I Do Is Win. So I should have known something was up right there. Because, uh, you know, you wouldn't get no money from me because, again, I'm the uh, son of a plumber, and, you know, he he's the son of a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, sorry to hear they took one from you, Stoney. Yeah, yeah, but uh, we did set up, uh, we're going at it again. They got a, um, a, fun, a, a, a free show in Morgan City for the Shrimp Petroleum Festival on uh, September 3rd. So I'll get my hands on him in my uh, in my other hometown of uh, of Morgan City uh, on September third. They got a little show over there. We'll do, and uh, I'll, I'll grab a hold of him in there. That's a Saturday night, but, there, uh, huh? No, it's Saturday during the day from two o'clock to four o'clock. Shrimpatolian Festival sets up a ring. Let's set up a ring on the outside, and uh, it's. Free admission to the uh, to the festival, so all the fans just can come up and watch the show while we uh, right there by the bandstand and all that stuff. So it's a great atmosphere. Sounds like a plan. City City. All right. Yep. And, and uh, we, we're going to be uh, having some more stuff about that because uh, Hugh done done uh, got himself tied up in the Mustang Mike's uh, world too. So <laughs> yeah, he can't. He, I, and I, I should have known he can't keep his mouth quiet. He wants to talk to everybody. So. All right. Well, Snowman, appreciate right. the call. Uh, best of luck the next time. All right, guys. Hey, thank you all for the, uh, for the support. Yeah, you're you quite know. welcome. Anyway, perhaps a rebuttal, but it'll have to come uh, later coach, in the show yeah. because we're uh, scheduled to check in over at Westgate with head coach Ryan Antoine. Uh, but again, we would welcome any rebuttal after that. Uh, absolutely. So uh, let's go ahead and take our first break and bring Coach Ryan Antoine on the air after we come back. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back, right back with Coach right after this. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there this Thursday for Southern Jack Productions. Remember, never cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for sports and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's. Best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, just $2, $3 imports all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. Quarter Tavern now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and decories. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. Tony Landry along with Jeff Boggs and uh, Coach Ryan Antoine. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How's everything going, Coach? Uh, you've got your kids out there now for, what, a little over two weeks? Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Everything's going well. You know, we're down to the health. We're trying to get better every day. 
All right, and uh, everything, uh, your young men, uh, healthy, no injuries or anything that uh, you can speak about? Everybody's doing pretty good. Uh, the heat hadn't drawn you down yet. Yeah, every, every, everything, so everything's going good. God said everybody stays healthy, and, you know, we're just trying to get better every single day. We've got a scrimmage coming up this Wednesday, so we're just trying to, you know, get prepared for that right now. Tell, tell us a little bit about the scrimmage. Uh, who are you facing? Uh, we have we played South Carolina High School at 10 p.m. at 6 p.m. on Wednesday. Uh, we the one Thursday, but we moved it to Wednesday because of, because of the possible weather uh, issues on Thursday. So we're going to play on Wednesday at 6 p.m. at Mission with $8. Very good. Coach, tell us uh, about your playmakers, um, differences between last year and this year. I know uh, you've managed to uh, retain a whole bunch of that state championship team. Well, we lost 23 singers last year, and all 23 of those guys were, you know, pretty much playmakers for us. Guys that um, lost, you know, lost some big time guys, and Danny Lewis started to that those guys for us. But we definitely have on the offensive side, definitely Tula, Amari, Greg P. Who's an offensive lineman. Uh, I mean, we return. We only have 10 returning starters back combined on both sides of the ball. But Guys are playmakers, and those guys are good because they're a real strong sophomore class that got themselves out this year. So, on the, I feel the defensive side of the ball, we have Demarion Johnson, uh, linebacker today, I'm Ivory Williams, and in the secondary, we have Derek Williams. Our middle's pretty solid. It's just, you know, build some guys around them, and that's what we've been doing all summer. And hopefully, we won't the season, those guys will step up, and we're definitely going to get our proven playmakers to step up until those guys can pick up the program. All right. A little uh, change in your uh, schedule as far as the Jamboree, too. Uh, uh, again, not playing Nish and not playing in Iberia Parish. Uh, tell us about your Jamboree. Jamboree uh, was a whirlwind. No longer in Iberia Parish Jamboree. So we definitely uh, we have to play Lake Charles College Prep. We have to play week two. Uh, but we just agreed not to play Nish. Uh, we just we playing Nish week one. So there's no need to. Come right back into the same team again. So, this uh, is uh, going there. We're going to play Franklin. We're going to play Lake Charles College. We're going to play them on a Saturday. I think it's the 27th. Uh, we're going out there and play those guys. Real good. Real good. How has you know, the offseason for you has been a world when I, I know you've had many opportunities to uh, talk about the Westgate program and that state championship from last year? Uh, how, how do you retain uh, that kind of momentum? Uh, always tough to repeat, but. Uh, the expectations that are there now, uh, but tell us a little bit about your off season. Uh, off season been real well. I mean, we put all our guys in track. Uh, track was team was fortunate enough to win the state championship as well. Uh, that's back to back state championship for our track team. So everybody's kind of been doing something. Uh, the biggest momentum that we're trying to tell each other is that yes, we have a target on our back, but we definitely have to hunt ourselves. So each and every single day, we have to just go around and not worry about everything else and just focus on us getting better and just try to you know once again. Our plan is to repeat, and that's our, that's our focus, and then we won't change that. But we definitely know that everything we do, we have to have a championship mindset. And coach, uh, you you mentioned, you know, I know a few of your young men have uh, have already committed. I think to I uh, think your young man, your your cornerback or safety, uh, Williams is committed to Texas. And uh, did you have? Uh, is there anybody else in your team that uh, is being eyed pretty much by uh, some colleges, uh, whether it be national or statewide? Yes, sir. Uh, we have Dedrick Latulas. He's committed to Louisiana Tech right now. Amaj Eugene has several uh, Division One offers. Uh, Jacobian Jacobs, another kid who has several Division One offers as well. Uh, we had a transferring kid, Jaden Colbert, uh, from Southside High School. He has over seven you know, Division One offers as well. <clears throat> and Demarion Johnson, he has uh, you know about ten Power Five offers. He has offers right now from Alabama, Texas, and you know every, every big time. That's a, a praise to you, Coach, because uh, they're getting their initial uh, fundamentals in and all. So uh, congratulations uh, on that. Uh, uh, hopefully uh, those men, uh, I know you had a few last year that moved on uh, that were fine players for you, and I'm sure uh, you'll just uh, regroup and uh, have another fine year. I was looking at your schedule uh, 
with regards to uh, this year. And uh, it, you didn't play uh, – it looked like last year, I know you played a, a couple schools. I know uh, you played LCA and uh, St. Augur, you only two losses of the year, but they're not on the schedule this year, are they? No, sir. We had to, uh, you know, redistrict and um, reschedule teams. So we play LCA in district now. District, so we play week eight or nine, whichever one I kind of forget. Okay. Uh, you know, St. Aug, no, we, we no longer play the guys that should be good. That was a good driver and a, a good game that we had and a definitely game that we dropped. Uh, and I think I did a terrible job of not team prepared for that game. Okay. Uh, but that was a good game that we, we try to play again because we don't have those guys. Okay. Uh, Coach, why don't you do this? A lot of behind the scenes uh, is some of your assistant coaches. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about them? Because uh, they're the ones out there every day uh, drilling uh, those young men uh, with their uh, activities and all. Could you maybe mention to us a little bit about some of your assistants uh, on uh, with the Tigers? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm only as good as my staff. Uh, on the defense side of the ball, on the defensive line, uh, we have Tommy ba- Balaam. Um, he's from Patterson. He's a defense coordinator, also from Florida. Coach uh, Coach James Wallace. He's also an SRO officer. He does our defensive line as well. We kind of put two guys on our line to try to handle those guys. Our linebackers. We have Donald Lewis. Uh, within the secondary, we have Coach Kendrick Porter and Tyron Walker's our defensive coordinator. On the offensive line, we have Coach Edwin Pierre and Coach Marcel Winston. And the receivers, we have Coach Devin Booty. He's a new and very kid uh, from Cali High. Uh, Played ball at Tulane. Does an amazing job with our receivers. Our quarterback is the office coordinator, Derek Landry. And with running backs is Rev Antoine. He's also our special teams coordinator. And all those guys, you know, do an amazing job of just getting my kids prepared, and I'm nothing without those guys. Uh, Coach, again, uh, appreciate you joining us. Uh, we'll let you get back at it. I, I trust the first few days of school have been well for you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Everything's going good so far. Good to hear. Good to hear. Well, Coach, again, we appreciate you joining us. We'll look forward to this on Mondays throughout the season, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Thank you so much. You bet. Well, you're quite welcome, appreciate Coach. Good luck to you. Appreciate Antoine. Absolutely. Phone lines now are wide open at 367-1240-367-1240 if you want to talk Bayou sports with us. Yeah, uh, c- Coach, uh, I mean, uh, Jeff, with uh, Coach Ryan uh, speaking highly of his team, uh, You know, he's going to have another good football team. I was looking at last year trying to recall some of the uh, games they played last year, and they they blew out a lot of people. And uh, but you know, they got in the playoffs. Uh, They uh, they I think their first game uh, uh, they beat uh, someone twenty six to eight. Then it was kind of close the rest of the few games, like thirty four, thirty two. They had some tight games. They pulled them all out. And you know, you broadcast the state championship game. They beat Warren Easton, who came in as a power. And uh, beat Warren Easton in a tight game, fourteen to thirteen. De- defense, of course, huge in those last couple of games. Oh, very much so. And I, I think Warren Easton had eight snaps inside the ten in the last few minutes of the game. <laughs> Couldn't score. Shout out to the defense. Too. And, and you know, I'm trying to remember the last play, but similar to the Seattle New England Super Bowl, when you couldn't believe they didn't give the ball to Marshawn Lynch. Uh, for Seattle to run it in, and they threw an interception. It was a similar ending, and I don't recall it exactly, but I was surprised, but it worked out great for Westgate. I think it was something to do with it. one of their fine athletes, their quarterback, took a snap, and it looked like he was trying to head around one of the, to one of the yeah. sidelines. Tri- someone tripped him up, yeah, or he tripped, yeah. and went down uh, on a fourth down play, I do believe. Yeah. It's just so. unbelievable. But hats off to Coach Ryan and his staff. Uh, had them prepared, and I think – uh, Warren Easton was beating people by three and four touchdowns all year long, and uh, they come up against uh, Westgate, and Westgate's defense handles them and wins a state championship and uh, and then come back with the hat trick uh, and win a, a second state track meet. Yeah. And yeah. so they've won a football championship. They've won a basketball championship and t- at least two track championships that I know of. Well, certainly the back-to-back ones and, and, and then prior. They, and I think they even played in a state championship a few years ago in baseball. So uh, They did. Uh, in fact, it was my first baseball season in town, uh, I want to say 2002. Okay. And uh, there you go. I mean, just uh, – what a team, uh, what, a, what a high school, what they've done. And uh, I think the school opened in 98, 99, somewhere in there. And uh, they've just a uh, heck of a job they've done for the Westgate Tigers. And, you know, he mentioned uh, someone coming in from Southside. Yes. Uh, transferring in. And, boy, let's see more of that migration from there back into Iberia Parish. And 
you know, the, the idea that Westgate is now uh, a school people want to go to, not, and I'm not saying they didn't in the past, but obviously it's, it's a destination now. Yeah, yeah and I, I think Coach Indes hit it well. People ought to go where there's winners, and uh, Westgate uh, High is certainly winners, and uh, more power to them. Uh, they've accumulated some uh, great wins over the year, and uh, they've just come back. I mean, when you think about it, uh, they started off when they moved up. They went from uh, playing uh, JV football, then they went up to varsity football, moved up to 5A for a short time, and have settled back for a good ten years. Yeah, have settled back down into four A, uh, where they belong. And uh, just what more can you say? Hats off to Coach Ryan and his staff. They've just done a tremendous job there, and uh, Coach uh, Oliver too, for that matter. So uh, all their athletic programs are really uh, heating up. Yeah, no doubt. Great to see. And again, they will open up at Nish. Uh, you know, I, I thought about asking Coach uh, why at Nish. I'm sure it's a decision the two schools made. It's going to be a you know home and home. We know that uh, they'll be at Westgate next year, but you know because of the state championship, uh, would have been nice to play that first game at home. Yeah, and be able to celebrate that um, at home, and then they could have played at Nish next year and alternated that way. And uh, but it didn't happen. So. No, it sure didn't. And uh, I think a lot of times it comes down, you, you want to balance your schedule. You have five home games, five away games, and that had, maybe had something to do with it. Maybe Westgate already had uh, five home games set up and uh, uh, obligated uh, and worked it out with Nish. But for whatever reason, we'll have that game. Yes, we will. Here on Kane Radio, uh, September the 2nd, is it, I believe? Uh, is that the first? Yes, uh, nine two. Yeah, it's seven o'clock kickoff usually at, uh, over at uh, Nish uh, Stadium. I don't think they have a name for it. Just a Norbury High Yellow Jacket Stadium. Overall, I, I asked if there was a nickname because I'm trying to remember why I wanted to incorporate uh, a nickname, uh, whether it was the Hive or something like. But no, I, nothing. Yeah, uh, nothing yet. Uh, so. Uh, but uh, as they used to play in the old stadium uh, at, behind the old uh, Nish High School back in the day, I think that stadium was built sometime in the late 40s, early 50s. It replaced uh, the baseball field used to be there for the Pelicans, and they moved it to Acadiana Ballpark is where they started playing the games. Even maybe in the mid-40s, that stadium was open for the Pels in the old Evangelion League. So uh, not sure ac- accurately about, but I'm pretty sure sometime in the mid to uh, – uh, mid 40s to late 40s, maybe even early 50s. And uh, Kane's radio's own Donald Bonet used to call the Pelican games. I think he was a teenager back then uh, <laughs> in that uh, high above that, that uh, I guess, catwalk up there he'd call the games from. So uh, a lot of memories from that old stadium, too. Uh, any other headlines, Jeff, uh, with I, regards? I, I mean, we'll shift gears. Uh, but again, preseason, I. I believe i may have been the first but i certainly was not the last to criticize the soldier field turf on saturday they had a noon kickoff and i'm watching this game thinking okay the bears are threatening to leave soldier field okay that's right and build a a stadium out in the suburbs and soldier field looked like it was week number 12 in december the the turf was in miserable condition, looked bad aesthetically, it, it looked bad, but then uh, you find out that it was bad. Um, you know, the, the kicker, uh, uh, I had mentioned this on Tesh Matters last week, uh, Santos uh, played at Tulane, yeah, right? he did, Tyrone. was he kicker of the year one year? Yeah, he, he says he's been practicing on a uh, soccer field, a neighborhood soccer field, to get used to how bad the turf is. And, you know, week one, it's the first preseason game you'd think the turf would would have been in better shape. And my question was, who's at fault and why? Did the Bears want it to look bad so they've got more negotiating power with the city of Chicago who owns the stadium? Uh, It's not like a sweetheart deal like the Saints have with the Superdome. Uh, Chicago gets a decent rent from the Bears. uh, but who's at fault? Who's trying to drive this team out of Soldier Field? Yeah, and that's what it sure looks like right now. And You know, my education or my knowledge of Soldier Field, I think the capacity is 60, 63,000, somewhere in that it, It's, it's uh, maybe 62,500. Uh, you may split the difference there. But, yeah, it, when they remodeled, they lost about 3,000. 
seats, but but it's a much better overall experience. Okay. Trust me. And then, uh, but I want to say back in the day, Soldier Field held ninety thousand. Oh yeah, because what? And, and again, not the current North End Zone, but the North End Zone before the renovations in the two thousands, it was forty yards deeper. Uh, oh, okay. The original end zone okay. was like 40 yards deeper than where it is now, and there was a whole bunch of seats that were not close okay. to the, the, the S- field. Similar to Tad Gormley in New Orleans and City Park, where the one end zone, the open end zone, uh, is near the goal line, but the other end zone is uh, yeah. 40 yards from the uh, from the the uprights. I mean, there's a lot of room. Of course, they use it as a track facility, too, a lot. I think that's the one nice track facility in New Orleans. And I know they had uh, Olympic trials there years ago, uh, back in I think '96. The Olympic trials were held there for uh, athletes who participate in the Atlanta Olympics. They wanted to be used to the humidity down in uh, the South, and all. Uh, but going back to the Bears, and uh, they beat the Kansas City Chiefs 19 to 14. You know, and and again, you you look at the starters, Justin Fields. I thought looked pretty good. The offensive line didn't do him any favors, though. They were uh, weak, and uh, that's something that they're going to have to uh, shore up. Uh, uh, but that was, you know, again, they, they walked away with a victory, but, you know, really, again, I, I'm not. Exhibition. Just just like Saint fans shouldn't be taken away too much from losing, I'm not taking too much away from winning. At the end of the day, you'd rather win than lose, but, again, it's uh, why did you win, why did you lose, those kind of things during the preseason. And Trevor Simeon was the quarterback for the Bears? Did you notice that? Yeah, he, uh, he was there. Well, wasn't he a former Saint quarterback? Yes, yes, yes. But he played at Northwestern and that uh, in Evanston. Correct. That may be correct. You know, I think he did. I think he did play. And, and led. Uh, I don't know if he led them to a, a Rose Bowl. Of course, a Rose Bowl win was many years ago, or they played in the Rose Bowl, I think, back in the – when the they used to call them the Milecats when they mid nineties yeah. is that Rose Bowl year yeah ninety five ninety six somewhere that was up in way the air. before Simeon. and that's that's when the head coach Fitzgerald was a linebacker on that team I believe yes. back in that day so uh, but in the meantime uh, the Bears uh, beat the Chiefs uh, and one of the other things we talked about the uh, safety who nailed a sixty five yarder in practice. Kicked an extra point. He did, Reed. Yeah, yeah. the Reed kick. And they were <laughs> celebrating right. like they just won the Super Bowl on the sideline after he did it. He, he said something to the effect, well, I guess I solidified my role as the backup kicker. <laughs> so good for him. <laughs> You're right. Uh, anyway, uh, you, you know, uh, that Steve Spurrier, who won the Heisman in 66, did the field goal and extra point oh, kick. In those days, for, it wasn't unusual. For, that's right. That's right. So uh, they weren't the specialists they have today. Uh, uh, just trying to look around and see any other scores that brought maybe interest uh, to us. Uh, Dallas loses to Denver 17-7 to again. Exhibition. Uh, I wanted to see, uh, of course, uh, Cincinnati gets beat by Arizona 36-23. Uh, don't know if any of the starters played uh, in, in that game, so I don't see where it was for Arizona. Let me see here for uh, Cincinnati. Uh, no, they're all backups basically playing in all these Good, good to see, though, Burrow back on the practice field with his team. Well, you know, he was doing facetiously uh, as the players were running wind sprints. He got in his golf court and was was riding the Pacing golf cart. That's right. <laughs> Up and down with them <laughs> with the wind sprints. So uh, I don't know if he uh, was a little sarcasm on his part or uh, just teasing him by hollering and screaming at him. That's well, him you, you know, um, and that's kind of in contrast to some of the concerns Coach Kelly had about a couple of his injured players not looking engaged enough as they couldn't practice, but still look engaged, and Burrow, being the leader that he is, that's right. looking engaged. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead, Jeff, and uh, take our second break this morning. You're listening to uh, Kane Radio, FM 1075 and AM 1240. We'll be ma- back with more with Bayou Sports right after this adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. 
With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there this Thursday for Southern Jack Productions. Remember, never cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for sports and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's. Best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, just $2. $3 imports all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. Quarter Tavern now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Hi, this is Boxcar Bajlow inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m. we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kane Row, and Sugar Rope. So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Dream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Well, welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. Uh, you know, baseball is heading into its final turn. They have approximately 45 to 50 games left each team. And uh, uh, I guess you could say the uh, divisions are starting to uh, separate and uh, in that regard, you know, Jeff, the Yankees, who started off with a ball of fire, and they looked like they were going to win 120 games. They've really cooled off in the last, oh, two weeks or so. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, again, they've been dealing with injuries. D.J. LeMayhew now is being um, examined. I think he hurt his foot uh, over the weekend. Uh, so he's out, and he had been playing some pretty good baseball. Uh, he and um uh, Rizzo uh, had and, and almost he, been alternating at first base, uh, but Rizzo was dealing with some lower back issues, and hopefully he's uh, back. Giancarlo Stanton is uh, still out, so yes. their lineup has been uh, tweaked. Yeah, that it has, and uh, the Yankees, uh, uh, they, they're, they're struggling right now uh, in that regard. I think uh, New York is 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games. Uh, they're 72-43, and 43, and at one time, they were playing uh, 75% baseball and went in three out of four games. The Dodgers were cooled off yesterday uh, as they go down to, to go down to the Royals 6-0, and they won 14 or 12 in a row, I think. Uh, I'm not sure uh, what they had, but I know they were dominant. Yeah, they were 9-1 nine nine in their last, uh, last 10 games. Uh, their streak uh, ended uh, as they lose, I think, 6 nothing to uh, the Royals. And they're playing right at 70% baseball. And by 70%, I mean they win seven out of ten games. And they have approximately – they've uh, played right at uh, 123 games right now, 113 games, excuse me. So they still have uh, 39 games left. Um, and they're at 16 games above uh, San Diego, who's fighting for a wild card right now. Yeah, and they didn't get good news over the weekend. Fernando – Tatis Jr., uh, how, I mean, again, a PED uh, performance-enhancing drug uh, suspension of 80 games, which would be through uh, the postseason, and you can't keep shooting yourself in the foot, and, you know, whether or not he was doing something that he thought would help him heal quicker, which was the excuse for a lot of players back in the McGuire especially was one of them. Yeah, that when they Andy uh, Andy Pettit, yes, it was Pettit. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, with uh, the with the uh, was he with the Astros or the I Giants? think he was with the Astros then. Yes, and uh, but there've been a few of them. Uh, 
in that regard. So uh, with baseball, of course, uh, the Braves trying to hang around with the Mets. They're, they've won eight out of their last ten. They're playing. They're winning six and a half, uh, 65% of the time. So and they're five and a half up. Over in uh, the Cardinals, uh, take two out of three from the Brewers. And uh, my man, Albert Pujols, hits Grandpa. two yesterday. You're right. And uh, just uh, celebratory celebrations. And, you know, I pulled up some stats on him, Jeff. I was looking. In his last seven games, he's hitting 304. In his last 15 games, he's hitting 341. In his last 30 games, he's hitting 368. And he came into the game yesterday, I think, hitting 245, somewhere in there. So, uh He's he was in the one nineties at one time, uh, say thirty games ago, I guess. Uh, but uh, Albert hits uh, nine and ten on the year and six eighty eight and six eighty nine. I'd love to see him hit that uh, seven hundred Barry, who is the fourth uh, major leaguer to break that Barry, along with uh, Bonds, Aaron, and uh, Ruth. Uh, he's got thirty five, thirty eight games left to hit. Uh, Eleven, uh, nine home runs. Yeah, uh, now, now that you say that, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but for some reason, I thought I, it must have been a misprint or whatever. Someone not knowing for sure, but I thought I read where he was, you know, just shy now of Alex Rodriguez for number three. But you're right. Uh, you mentioned those other three that uh, are definitely above a Rod. Yeah, and A Rod's I think sitting at six ninety six. So Pujols at six eighty nine. He's got to hit eight more, seven to tie, eight to pass him, and uh, uh, basically uh, eleven uh, now to uh, get in that seven hundred club. But he's got to hit a home run once every three games. I don't think he did that any time during his career. So uh, Pujols, we'll see. Cardinals uh, hanging on to that spot, and uh, I think. Um, I know they still have to play the Dodgers and the Brewers, but most of the other teams on the remaining part of their schedule uh, are, are, are teams with losing records. So he And he's only playing basically against left-handed pitchers, too. I, so, I don't know. Uh, I'm looking at this one story. Again, um, Albert Pujols homers twice to close in on Alex Rodriguez on career home run list. Um at one point in the uh, teaser, it said uh, to to get to third. And then later in the story itself, 42-year-old ranks fourth on the career home run list behind Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth, and Alex Rodriguez. I, I don't know if the writer of this piece could not add. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Great. Especially if he said he's moved into third. I yeah. have a chance to move into third. He, he must have, maybe he's not counting Barry's home runs because he was a ped man. But, you but know? he does list Barry Bonds first. Well, true, uh, you know, true. Seven above Hank Aaron. I think Boyd Bonds finished at uh, 762. Yeah. And then Aaron at 755, Ruth at 714. And I, I'm pretty sure Ruth's last, one of his last games, he hit three home runs, and one of his home runs went out of Forbes Field in Pittsburgh. Of course, he was playing with the Boston Braves at the time and hoping to be a manager and player, but uh, that didn't come to fruition and ended up uh, coaching, I believe, third base for the uh, Dodgers, the Brooklyn Dodgers at one time in the late 30s, but got out of baseball. And uh, tomorrow's a, a big day, too. I'll have a little story about Ruth tomorrow. Uh, it's... Uh, if my math is correctly, uh, 52 and 22 is 70. It'll be 75 years next year that the death of Babe Ruth. He died August the 16th in uh, 1948. Uh, it was Ruth's death. So, uh, anyway, uh, just a little bit of update on that. A- anyway, uh, around the uh, baseball and, you know, our local teams uh, changing gears uh, football-wise. Uh, we'll have tomorrow, we'll have another coach on. Uh, we'll have one each day during the week, uh, Monday through Thursday, uh, it, uh, and then. Uh, and, and I'm still trying to line up. Uh, I've had trouble reaching uh, one of them, and uh, we're going to try and get uh, him involved too. Okay, uh, another coach. So yeah. we'll have a coach a day, hopefully. And I'd probably do you know, two one day if I had my choice, because Mondays are we're going to be busy, not just recapping high school, but also NFL football. I thought Tuesday would be a good day to have a earlier coach because terry comes in at about eight so if i could get uh, Artie in uh, maybe at seven thirty, that's what i'm thinking about if if that if works work out, out well yeah and then of course uh we're kind of squeezed on fridays with exactly. the fishing and hunting that's show. why i was and and they've got game day stuff they're worried that's about right. too yeah. so and, and i you know josh learman who's uh, with us on thursdays i told him he only has one thursday game 
But I said, hey, if you'd rather do it earlier in the week that week, you know, we'd work on that. But sure. otherwise, Josh will be with us on Thursdays. So, uh, yeah, but we'll have a host of games. I think we have lined up approximately 13, 14 games during the course of the season. Of course, with our pocket guide, uh, hopefully uh, coming out. Uh, Went to the printer last week, maybe midweek this week. Uh, I know uh, the big boss is probably going to be here at some point working on some technical stuff. So uh, hopefully we'll see those mid to late week. Yeah, and our pocket guide has uh, all the schedules of the high schools in the area, and along with uh, you know some of the colleges and also uh, just a great advertisement and just something you keep in your wallet or your pocket uh, uh, handies to see who uh, who might be playing that night or that during the day uh, with a course uh, through colleges and uh, just a great uh, piece to have to carry around with you. And uh, I know we've been doing it for many years and uh, and they're gobbled up pretty quickly at the local stores where we put them out. So uh, Our sponsor locations. That's right. So. That's correct. So, uh, in and, the and here at the studio we'll have some. Sure. Uh, anything else uh, before we maybe move into another segment there for us? Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. All right. Well, so you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5, AM 1240. We'll be back with Today in Sports History for August 15th uh, right after this. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions. And you can apply right now at danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Monday, uh, August the 15th. And uh, in the uh, studio with us right now uh, is Teddy Sliman, our uh, registered PGA professional. And uh, got uh, chip shots tonight at 5. Uh, Teddy, uh, give us a little tease yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, we, uh, we'll be talking about, of course, the, uh, the first round of the the FedEx Cup was played this week uh, at uh, the St. Jude Classic at, uh, I think it's TPC in, in Memphis. And uh, it was a pretty exciting finish. Will Zalatoris, I think it was the third hole playoff he won. And uh, some some peculiar shots. He won with a bogey, you know. I mean, uh, they went they went two holes and they tied, I think. Both of them, they played 18 twice and made pars. And then they went to the par three and uh, Zalatoris hit. And his ball rested on the bulkhead, which was made of rock, a stone. And uh, the other guy, Stradata, uh, hit it in the water and made double bogey. And it was pretty interesting <laughs> because he didn't know whether to putt it off of that rock and, and chance that, you know. And so he went back and dropped and made, made a great bogey to, to win. And I was telling you guys off air that uh, Zalatoris is a young player. He's never won before. And up until this point, he had the record of most money won on the PGA Tour in a year without a win, which was like around $6 million. So 
Uh, I'm, I'm, he's a, he's a, uh, a young player that, that has a lot of potential, a lot of charisma. And uh, also Jeff was telling me about, uh, and, I, and I didn't see this fully, but uh, Cameron Smith, the Open champion, uh, got penalized two shots and dropped down the leaderboard because of it with a, with a poor drop. That was on Saturday, that but they assessed Saturday. it yeah. just before yeah, he's, Sunday's. He, oh, wow. He finished tied for 13th. And, and what's a cutoff? Uh, don't they have, like, another couple of tournaments before they go right. to that final that, that tournament? Was, there was 125 players in this tournament. There, there was no cut in the tournament. All 125 got to play, I think. But now they go down to 70. And, gosh, I, I'm, I'm not, I can't recall right off what's the next tournament to be played. Uh, uh, if you hold on a moment, I'll, I'll, I'll speak with you. Uh, but I this think year they go they're going to go to four, four tournaments down to, uh, to the, the championship. Next year it's going to only be three. They're going to be in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, with the BMW, BMW championship, yeah, yeah. that's right. And then they head to the Tour Championship in uh, Atlanta, August 25th to the 29th. Yeah. And I guess then the, is the final big tournament, I guess, where the, right. what is it now, 15 million maybe goes? Doesn't the I winner think, take all? I think it's yeah. winner does take all? Uh, uh, they have no, some they're, other. That's still our prize okay. money for, okay. for, for, for that particular tournament. But okay. the, the winner of the FedEx Cup gets that 15 million. And, uh, and they're doing something peculiar. I think this is the second year they do it. They kind of like handicap the players going into the last tournament. Really, like the the leader, whoever would would be, might be with like the most, eight under par. With the most points, you mean yeah. the leader with the most. He, points. So he start out the tournament eight under par. Does those caddies still get ten percent of a fifteen million? That I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of money. <laughs> oh, if I be the caddy carrying the winner's bag, I'd say, "Where's my check?" Oh yeah, <laughs> just wire it into my account. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot, a lot of exciting golf going on, and you know, I mean, it's uh, the LIV is still alive and well, and a lot being talked about in the media nowadays about that. And to me, I mean, I'm getting so tired of it. Uh, I'll be glad when it's kind of like put to rest. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not getting, probably never going to be really put to rest, but the decisions being put put to bed, and and uh, everybody can go on with their own tours and and lives and stuff. And you know, I I still think uh, if and when Augusta National makes a statement concerning it. That that's going to be the final. Say. Okay, so, so you, you know, think that, that's, that's when, what I believe in my heart. You think heart. that's when the hammer goes down. Well, that's when everybody else is going to follow suit. And, okay, and then everybody's going to take pay attention to what, what what they say and follow what they believe and do and whatever. So those blue bloods in Atlanta, I mean, excuse me, Augusta, Augusta yeah. are gonna, but a lot of them live in Atlanta. You can assure that. So yeah, it, it'll be interesting. So yeah. chip shots tonight. Tonight at 5, yeah. Box score and I will be talking in depth about it, and I'll do a little more research and, and get some details on it. But uh, as I was watching it, I thought that was pretty cool. Winning $6 million without ever winning a tournament, that's that's pretty darn good golf no, I mean, throughout the course of the, the season. That's you know? a lot of top ten finishes. Hey, darn right. <laughs> that's yeah, the, so that, it, that kid's a player. He's not a flash in a pan. I sure. hear you. I hear you. All right. Well, anyway. Thank you, guys. All right. You're welcome. Uh, uh, chip shots tonight at 5 to 6 with uh, Teddy Sliman and uh, Boxcar Bacheron. Meanwhile, Jeff, today in sports history, August the 15th in 1925, White Sox uh, pitcher Dickie Kerr, his first appearance since winning two World Series games in 1919. He was one of those uh, White Sox ball players that weren't uh, indicted and thrown out of baseball for throwing the uh, series in 1919. Of course, Chick Gandle, Happy Felch, uh, Eddie Chicotti, Shoeless Joe Jackson, Lefty Williams, Buck Weaver, Fred McMullen, and Swede Reisberg were the others. But uh, anyway, he comes back, stayed out of baseball for a while. He wanted more money from Comiskey. Comiskey, uh, known as a very tight owner, wouldn't give it to him and finally came back for a year or so and uh, ended up. Uh, tell you a quick little story about him, too. He coached uh, college baseball. He was a head baseball coach at Rice back in thirty uh, sometime. No kidding. And uh, moved on to uh, elsewhere. He coached in Washington and West Virginia and also accepted a position in Florida and uh, did some minor league baseball. And uh, he was the one that told Stan the man that uh, – that Musial was beset by arm issues. You know, he was a pitcher coming through the minor leagues and uh, told Musial, you, you're, you're better off becoming a, a, a hitter. 
and uh, in 1958, uh, when Ruth, I mean, when Musial got his uh, 3,000 hit, Kerr was working for an electric company, and Musial, watch this, gave Kerr a house for his birthday, a home mm. he purchased uh, for somewhere in the area, which is a lot of money back then, ten to $20,000. Of course, Musial was making $100,000 a year. Of course, uh, Kerr lived to his death until 1963, but a nice story about Musial yeah. and uh, and Dickie Kerr bought Kerr a home back in the day. Anyway, in 1939, the first night baseball game at Comiskey Park, uh, the Sox beat the Browns uh, 5-2. to two. That's the St. Louis Browns. Ezra Charles in 1950, TKO's Freddie Bashore in 14 to retain the heavyweight boxing title. Uh, buddy of yours, Jeff, in 1964, Mayor Richard Daly declares Ernie Banks Day in Chicago. Of course, the... Chicago uh, Mr. Cub uh, started off as a shortstop in later years. They moved him to first base to bring in Kessinger and uh, Ernie Banks Day in Chicago on this date in 1964. In 64, also Ralph Boston. He, he would still play another seven years. I think he played to what, uh, 71, 71, somewhere in there. Yeah. That is 500th in 71. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Anyway, uh, in 65, Ralph Boston sets a long jump record of 27, three and a half inches. Of course, it's been broken a few times since then. 65, the Japanese community of San Francisco holds uh, Masanora um, Murakama Day at Candlestick Park to honor the first Japanese player to play in the major leagues. That was in 65. In 89, the second start since uh, cancer treatment ball. Just I remember this horrible story on uh, Giants' Dave Dravecki. He uh, went through all kind of therapy on his pitching arm and uh, uh, his left arm, matter of fact, uh, and uh, he broke his arm pitching while throwing the Tim Raines. Yeah. I remember that. just so yes. tra- – I mean, it snapped just like uh, a twig, and you could see how much pain he was in on the mound and uh, just a horrible sight to watch. It comes in, uh, I think, a Joe Theismann, too, with the bro- broken leg. Uh, elsewhere in 1990, Mark McGuire first to hit 30 homers in each of his first four seasons in the majors. 93, Nolan Ryan's 324th and final victory as the Rangers beat the Indians 4-1. to 97, the Dodgers retire Tommy Lasorda's number two in the 99 PGA Championship. Tiger Woods wins his second major by one stroke over Sergio Garcia. 2012, the Seattle Mariners' Felix Hernandez becomes number 23rd pitcher to throw a perfect game at one nothing win against Tampa Bay. So it's been 10 years to the day that a perfect game has been thrown in Major League Baseball. Elsewhere, today's birthday is Gene Upshaw, of course, uh, an NFL guard with Oakland Raiders and National uh, Football League Player Association leader, was born in Robstown, Texas. Not sure where that is. Uh, birthday today, is 60, born in 62, Bubby Brister, former NFL quarterback with the Jets, the Broncos, and Super Bowl 32. In 1969, uh, born on this day, Eric Bieniemy, uh, the Chiefs offensive coordinator in 2018, a running back with the Bengals, San Diego, Philadelphia, born in New Orleans, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And quote of the day, uh, Tommy Bowden, I thought this was a neat quote. Uh, it's not the team with the best players who wins, but the players who play the best as a team who win. Uh, pretty accurate, too. So seeing a lot of great teams. I wish you'd take that attitude in Congress. Oh, you're not. Yeah, that'd be nice. Is that the same Bowden who? Uh, no, that was uh, no, the, the other coach, the Auburn coach, uh, Tommy. Uh, I'm thinking of Tuberville. Yeah, that's who it is. Never, Tommy Tuberville. Never yeah, different guy. Anyway, uh, so pretty much uh, today in sports history, Jeff. Uh, Get, getting back to the perfect game, uh, it was another close one yesterday. Uh, it was. Tampa's. And I forget his name. It's terrible. I can't remember his name uh, when he goes eight perfect innings. But leadoff hitter uh, broke up the perfect game and obviously no hitter uh, leading off the ninth inning. But uh, almost would have been great uh, to happen so close to the 10-year anniversary. And it was pointed out, you know, 10 years ago when the last one occurred, three or four it occurred in about a three- or four-year span. And people were starting to think that it was commonplace, but now a 10-year drought since a perfect game. That's right. Uh, Rasmussen, I think, was the pitcher for Tampa Bay yesterday who had it going. uh, And I think I gave up only one hit, one run, but uh, not pitching a perfect game. Yeah, you give him a quality start on that. Oh, I think so. I think so. Uh, Matter of fact, uh, Wainwright had a no-hitter going to six and two-thirds. Was it Friday night or was it Saturday evening? I can't remember. But he had a no-hitter going, six and two-thirds, gave up a hit, and the Cardinals end up losing in uh, the 10th, three to two. 
Anyway, pretty much uh, today in sports history. Of course, tomorrow we'll have another high school football coach on the air. Again, and Coach Martin joins us about 8. Tomorrow. All right. Okay. Anyway, any final uh, thoughts to wrap no, up today in sports? No, I just ran through a nice moment in Houston. Uh, the Houston Astros uh, welcomed uh, the community of Uvalde in, uh, of course, oh, okay. uh, their tragedy. Uh, yeah, with the kids. A month yeah. prior. Or no, I guess that was in late May. Uh, seems like it was just yesterday. So anyway, at one point, a kid shouts out hit one, to Alex Bregman, hit one for you, Valdi, and he nails a homer. <laughs> he did. He hit it to the Landry box seats. matter of fact, uh, I think they still call the Landry box seats out in that left field, which is about 315, if, something if like the, that. If the Landry uh, restaurant chain is still paying them, too. The, yeah, you're right. I don't know if they are. The Crawford or boxes. Uh, yeah, at one time, uh, when it was, what did Enrod, then it went to Minute Maid. Uh, yeah. Uh, back in the day, I think around 2000, it went to uh, Minute Maid. Yeah, it didn't last long. Yeah. No. no. It's amazing what audits do. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, that's today in uh, Sports History, Jeff, and Bayou Sports. So uh, any lasting uh, no, again, just, thoughts? Again, uh, we'll look forward to it. Big thanks, of course, to Ryan Antoine joining us today and our other callers. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. News is up next, and then I... Rejoin you for the rest of the Breakfast Club. Lee uh, taking a day off. But again, news, weather brought to us by David Funeral Homes coming up. Big thanks to Bayou Sports sponsors, including the Quarter Tavern, L.A. Classic Roofing, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, Schwing Insurance, and the Headache and Pain Center. Stay with us. You're listening to KANE 1240 AM and K298CQ 107.5 FM, New Iberia. The voice of the Tash. (laughs) 